0: Lynette, lovely to meet you.
1: And you, welcome to Dungannon. Uh,
0: It's great to be here.
1: You managed to get parking,
0: did you? I did, yeah, yeah, absolutely. A little
1: bit problematic in this (laughs) part of the world. Yeah, a
0: tiny bit, but, you know, got it sorted. (laughs) A busy weekend morning in Dungannon. The square bustling with people and traffic. Cars vying for parking, people in good humour enjoying the sense of a market town. There's so much life and history centred here, so much of the new and changing County Tyrone. I'm on my way to meet broadcaster and proud local woman Lynette Fay, who knows this terrain and loves it. So there's a lovely feeling in Dungannon. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it, the people are really friendly, and there's a real warmth in the place.
1: You sound very surprised, Vincent.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Never quite I know. know what to expect in the town.
1: Oh, they are, they are. Um, my mummy has a wee business down the town as well. She's got a shop here for a number of years now, and then my granny Fay, God rest her, her family Kirks moved here from the spurns, and then um, her sisters' um, husbands and the sisters then had fa- had businesses up Irish Street as well. So there's always, I suppose, for my family, we've always had this focus on the town, and then. We live down the town. I grew up in a housing estate, and the other just on the other side as well. Um, so it's good to hear that because I always find that that Dungallet's really friendly, and the people are really friendly, and it's not put on; it's it's genuine.
0: And you even see a fellow on an elaborate motorbike with a teddy bear
1: <laughs> that he's... scooting
0: around the square.
1: Now, Vincent, what he's doing is probably doing a good lap of the town. So when you get a new motor, or a new bicycle, or a new motorcycle, or something like that, where you just want, you know. You want to take me nosy and maybe, maybe want people to see you. You do a lap or two or three or possibly ten. And that's what he's doing. He's probably doing a lap of the town. So I'd say we've got what? Two minutes till he comes back again?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We might move, so. (laughs) Will we walk up to the hill? The hill of the O'Neill. Hi. You're listening to The County Measure. I'm Vincent Woods. We're making a journey around Ireland 100 years after independence and partition to get a measure to get many measures of all 32 counties. We're looking at place, landscape and the people who shape their lives within these boundaries of community and county. In this series, I'm hoping to get a fresh understanding of each county and its people as we shape a radio atlas of Ireland. The hill of the O'Neill is totemic in this landscape, site of power of the O'Neill clan and Hugh O'Neill, last Earl of Tyrone, whose departure from Ireland in the flight of the Earls marked the defeat of the old Gaelic rulers and cleared the way for the plantation of Ulster. This hill has been home to many centres of power and military might since. Lynette Fay grew up not far from here at a time when the hill was off limits to the public. She has a very clear-eyed view of the sweep of conflict and connections in this county and is proud to speak Irish, the language of her people, and signpost to so much in this cheer on. own. Am um, I right in thinking there used to be a British Army barracks on the hill?
1: Yes, and you'll notice there's an Orange Hall here at the top of the hill as well. Yes. So the Orange Hall was has been there. There's been access to that Orange Hall, I think, and then... Up here would have been the the barracks when I was growing up throughout the Troubles. The army were up here. Everything was strategically put in a place where it hopefully wouldn't have been attacked or there would have been minimal attacks made on on buildings, you know. It's just the way I think things were, you know.
0: And as we get up as well, you begin to see the extraordinary vista, the view. I mean, you have this incredible view. Yeah, like three hundred and sixty degrees around, and I think, do you can you see seven counties? You
1: can see seven counties. Yeah, you come up here. There's a lookout post, and you can see the Antrim Hills, and then Loch Nays over there as well. I, oh, think, I can yeah, see yeah, the Loch. Cifil- can see the water. Yeah. yeah, you can see the water, if you concentrate. The Mourns, you can see them in the distance, and then sure, just beyond the Mourns is the, the Cooleys. It's
0: extraordinary. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, the O'Neills and the, even the people before them, I'm sure yeah. do. In taking this as the highest point yeah. and you, know, you were then building so that you were protected you could see mm-hmm. you were in control and of course everyone has built on that since.
1: Oh they have surely and the, you know the plantation the signs of the plantation are here everywhere as well there's loads of houses just down below us they were built by planters.
0: But it really feels like we're standing not only in the midst of a circle of history but also in this changing future?
1: Yeah, I think so. The demographic of Dungannon has changed completely over the last, say, 20 years. We now have people who have come from East Timor, Portugal, Lithuania, many more countries come to Dungannon and they now call it home. They're contributing enormously to life here. And, you know, the school that I went to, which is now St. Patrick's Primary School, I think it's 80% now foreign nationals make up the population of the school you know and it just enriches everything, it, it's so the menu is always so much more delicious when there are so many different cultures to choose from and around you and think how that's informing the new, you know the kids, think that's how that's informing local people and making them look outward instead of looking inward and I suppose that's ironic when we're looking inward and thinking of the the long history of centuries here on this hill but um, yeah I, I think it's just a it's a brilliant thing it's an amazing place. It's a very special place to me. I'm so proud of it and I'm proud of the heritage, the people, everything about it.
0: Lynette, it's lovely to meet you.
1: And you, Vincent. Thank really you very great. much for coming to Dungan. <laughs> I'll
0: be back. You'll go back. the be cool of Jay. I will, yeah. If Mila falls Yeah. Well. Has the feeling and shape of a heartland, something elemental, a magnetism that draws you in, the intact natural world, the directness and warmth of people, and occasionally you encounter the unexpected. A lovely summer morning here at the top of a mile slope in the townland of Carrie Castle in Brantree in South Tyrone and you know, the landscapes here are so striking. I don't think I've ever heard so much bird song in a place. The hedgerows untouched, trees everywhere, greenness. It's very beautiful and it's a, it's a fascinating area. Just walking down towards an area known as the Halla, as in the Hall, amazing to think of all the history in, in this region. It, it was devastated during the famine, about half the population either emigrated or died. There are fairy forts, it's an old mass rock. The United Irishmen were very, very strong in this region. And as passing by this really lovely derelict house and outbuildings and really struck by a dead crow, a decayed, very decayed dead crow hanging from an old downpipe on the house. Tied with a piece of twine, orange twine, and I can't quite figure out what the purpose is, and what it's keeping away or what it's supposed to do, but it's there. From the castles of the O'Neills and small cottages like this one in Cary Castle, people from County Tyrone went out into the world and left their mark beyond even this planet. Two American presidents of their origins in this county and near Ballygawley, a modest cottage owned by the great-grandparents of President Ulysses S. Grant, is still intact and open to visitors. That's Ulysses Grant's mother now, Anna Simpson. At the gate, I run into local farmer and caretaker, Ted Sharkey, who knew the last of President Grant's family, people who lived here until the 1970s. And it's a beautiful place. It's a really... The
2: fellow there, Jackie Simpson, he passed away there about six months ago, roughly. He had been born in that cottage there in 1929. So he had been the last.
0: And they were all then related to Ulysses Grant's mother.
2: Ah, Funny enough, this area here, just uh, uh, this area here, you know, if you took away... uh, about six or eight mile radius around us here.
3: Mm.
2: There's a lot of important people, or, or a lot of people, maybe not important, but a lot of people made it big in, in the States. Yeah. Like uh, General Shields, he was another man. He came from over there from Keppan, not so far away, over there, across the country.
0: Ted tells me that the grandparents of the American astronaut James Irwin the eighth person to walk on the moon were also from here.
2: And he came across there from right direction. He was home in the maybe late sixties or seventies or something, shortly after he come back from the moon.
0: Amazing to think of those uh, connections. But that's just, you know. In this small radius. In
2: this wee area mm-hmm. and then obviously Grant here too, like there's mm-hmm. four or five from just a wee small area here in the corner of Tyrone that's the way things are
0: so there are no none of that Simpson family left now
2: no there'll be the Simpsons left but they'll be very 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 distant be that far distant uh, you couldn't even call them friends you know but, but there is Simpsons in the country I know Simpsons like uh, they'll be very very distant friends
0: yeah. very nice to hear you using friends meaning relations, because where I grew up in Leitrim, is the same, you know, and I like that a lot. My, my father would say, oh, sure, they're friends of our own, and meaning their relations. Right. Lovely to meet really, you. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to The County Measure, and we're in Tyrone. Traveling from Oughterkloe to Dungannon Saturday morning, and I is caught by a farmer's market at Granville and uh, a lot of people, great sense of life. I'm just going to pop in and chat to a few. people. How are
3: you, How you
2: doing? doing?
4: Not
0: too bad. Good. We're making a programme program for radio.
4: I've, I have a good face for radio. <laughs> A lovely, a, a lovely ornament.
2: Look, we and i show you. <laughs> One man's box and our man's poison. What <laughs> I'm selling? There's last churns, there's plunge churns, and there's big barrel turns like a yes. like a whiskey barrel. Yeah. Yep. I have them all. Yeah. And there's a great customer there, standing in front of the thing. I have someone. Which buy churns, He's bought a lot of churns of me, and I, I have a an one for you today here. You uh, having them all? I've
3: no
2: money. I'm only up to <laughs> only finish work. <laughs> I'm only got in through the gate
3: <laughs> <this>. collector- Unfortunately. <laughs> 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 a, a collector
2: charm. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Everybody has a bad habit.
0: One man walks away reflected in the disco ball that he's just bought. You know, you really can get anything, I suspect, at this market.
3: I know it's class, so oh, it is.
5: There was a guy selling a large uh, freezer chest.
2: And the guy says, as much as that. He says, oh, it's cheap now, the wipe's out of it.
6: And he just it just
2: rolled off his tongue, boy. I know what? And the other guy turned in and he says, how much are you looking for this? And the guy says, what'll it take for it? I'll take your spleen, I'll take your liver, I'll take crypto, I'll take whatever you have.
6: You couldn't make yourself look, you know. And I write on the side, so this is all written down, you
5: know.
0: About 15 kilometres from the Saturday Market is the town of Ochnacloy, close to the border with Monaghan on the route from Derry to Dublin with the steady thunder of cars and trucks to prove it. Close to here was one of the many British Army border posts of not so long ago, and anyone crossing in either direction will remember the drill of checks and long delays. It was here that Aidan McInnesby was shot dead by a British soldier in June 1988 while walking to a football match in Monaghan. Now you'd barely notice you'd even crossed the border apart from a ping on your phone. And a whole generation of young people has grown up here free of all that weight of division. On the main street of Ochnacloy, I meet a young man who has crossed many borders and pretty much knows none. He's busy washing and shining his first car.
5: Tell us your name. Uh, my name is Janelle Shugray. Um, I'm 17 years old. Uh, live in Ochnacloy. And... Um, I'm Hungarian, uh, I lived there four years, and then we moved to England. I lived there quite a bit until 2018, uh, until the Brexit kind of happened and everything, so it was quite impossible to really live in England. And then we moved over to Spain, where once again life is much different from what you see online than in real life. And then we moved back to Hungary for a couple of months, but then realised once again life is very hard there. So we moved over to Netherlands, uh, where we lived two years, you know, learnt Dutch and had made friends, and. Learned about the culture I and mean, the Dutch people it's a very nice place my parents decided they wanted something new so we moved to Sweden uh, Sweden was quite expensive very expensive indeed but the school system is amazing uh, we have small amounts of school times and I enjoyed every second in school in Sweden and so did my parents at work it was very nice but uh, after Sweden we moved to Germany learnt German uh, had a lot of nice fun there and uh, yeah Germans are quite um, strict people so you, wherever you go you see very organized, based organized people, store, school, whatever. Um, yeah, and then we moved to Ireland, as in southern North Ireland. Uh, we moved to Kilkenny, our first, and then we moved up to Donegal, and then we came over here.
0: Tell, Tell me about you. your car.
5: That <laughs> I, you're washing. Uh, I have a 2011 Chevrolet Cruze RS uh, LS. Sorry. Nice car. Uh, yeah. So um, I saved off quite a lot for this car. Absolutely love it.
0: And it's clearly getting a lot of love and attention. Yes, yeah. I,
5: I clean it almost every day. I mean, I just can't go without cleaning. I can't come out the door and see. oh, it's, it's dirty. And the birds poo on it. All the cars have no roof over it except from mine. They like yours. They, you they like mine. Like, oh, nice car. <laughs> a shiny, clean car. Yes. <laughs> Let's make them
0: work. Do some yes. more works. So you're going to be going around the roads of Tyrone. Yes. That, yes, I mean, I mean.
5: Really nice road So when you're on the countryside And you know You see the freedom And you're like Yes, freedom Not a lot of cars around you No, nothing Just farms And it's a calm place I love, I love to run Yeah It's really nice to talk to you Yes, you t- sorry, what's your name? Vincent Vincent, my name is Emma yeah. Yes yeah. Nice to meet you Great to meet Great. you Thank you so much yeah.
7: Hi, I'm Michelle Gallen. I'm the author of Big Girls, Small Town and Factory Girls. Uh, I grew up in Tyrone from the mid '70s and and, um, lived there every day until I left for college in Trinity College Dublin. Rainbows and helicopters punctuated the sky of my childhood in Tyrone, but back then, few of us locals remarked on these meteorological miracles any more than we gushed over the lumpen sperrins brooding in the distance or enthused over the bird song that embroidered our lush green fields with an oral tapestry. I loved rainbows, but my eye had been trained to pick out camouflaged British soldiers in the fields, and to keep watch on strange men parked in unknown cars. The TV crews who visited our area in the wake of a sectarian attack didn't film our rainbows. Reporters didn't write about these brief but glorious storms of loveliness. But the American relatives who came to visit us during the Troubles did. They galloped at the juicy green grass in the Moody Mountains. They cooed over cows and fed sheep. But nothing excited these visitors like the sight of a rainbow. As soon as one glimmered in the sky, they whipped out their cameras and shot it. This enthusiasm bewildered me until they revealed that single rainbows were incredibly rare where they lived. Double rainbows, which are so common in Tyrone, were miraculous to them. And so I learned to look for and appreciate rainbows in stormy skies that were scarred with helicopters. My children are still young enough to be wowed by the rainbows they see on their visits to Tyrone they've an ambition to spot a triple rainbow these are incredibly rare right across the world for they require a particular combination of heavy rain bright sun and thunderously dark clouds a combination that reminds me of how i felt as a child in tyrone battered by dark and light heat and cold with pain and joy history and hope all tumbling together inside me Sometimes I see the peace agreement in the north as a rainbow, something born of rain and sun, dark and light, that illuminates our lives. It's the frail twin of the technical or peace that illuminates the rest of Ireland, but still beautiful. Our everyday miracle.
0: Coming up on The County Measure, the landscapes of Castle Derg, poetry and comedy with Cat Brogan and friends in Oma, the remarkable Dark Sky Park and Observatory in the Sperrin Mountains, and from East Timor to Tyrone, new communities celebrate their home. Forge of possibilities, centre of Ulster, cheer on the land of the O'Neill's, Tyrone was a land that took in most of today's county Derry and parts of Inishowen and Raffo in Donegal. In the town of Castle Derg, I meet local man Ian, who now lives in Fermanagh but holds this town as home. He has fished the river Derg from childhood and loves this town and its landscapes.
6: It was a fantastic market town here. and Before it was a market town, it was a little hamlet, and there would have been stop-off for people going to St. Patrick's Purgatory in Loch Derg, you know, so it was always an interesting place to be. And was it always a pretty mixed town? I mean, we'd hear, and there's the
0: bridgetown oh, Orange Hall, oh, the Free there's a, Presbyterian it Church...
6: Was a, it was, the, 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 there was Presbyterian Church of Ireland, Catholic churches, Methodist, but everybody did get on well together, you know, and... Um, there used to be some right and going on here. Kelly is just having a wee bit of fun, going to any house and Kelly, the door was open all the time and have a bit of fun, get a cup of tea, maybe a wee, wee drop of something stronger and then go to the next house. That's what people done in the evenings. And, and talk and. Talk and carry talk on. And, and that's, and the, that's and, the way the news got around, you know. And of course there was some gossips as well, like there's always gossips. And your father was quite a craftsman as well, wasn't he? He was a very good joiner. He didn't have a car, so he had to cycle round all round the country, with his toolbox strapped to the back of the bike. And then when I got older, he used to take me in the back of the bicycle, and I had to hold the toolbox in my knees. And the one thing I remember was a rhythm used to develop, and it was clunk, click, 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 click. You know, and that stays in my mind. I had no idea how much effort he was putting into it, you know, but then we just... He eventually got a car and then I meant he could travel all around the countryside and usually do a lot of repair work and refurbishing of the old cottages that were numerous around here. We are standing behind a flood wall. This flood wall had to be constructed because the Deirg does flood quite regularly. It's quite a big river. And it's a beautiful bridge, just look at that. Four, what is it? One, two, one two, three, three, four, three four, four archers arch and then there's two flood arches over there. Ah, uh, yes. That is the spawning ground for Atlantic salmon, and in November you can actually come up here and watch them spawning. So really close to the bridge. Yeah, the far side. When I was about twelve or thirteen, I was looking over a beautiful warm day, and looked into that uh, fourth arch there, looked down into the gravel, and I could see this huge thing that I've never seen before. And it's about a meter long. It was a sandy colour with grey motley spots on it, holding on to a rock. And every now and again if would turn on the side and you can see a huge big eye and a row of holes down his neck. And Daddy told me a few days later that those are sea lampreys and they come up from the ocean. They migrate along with the salmon and they hitch a ride on the side of the salmon by latching on with their round uh, sucker like mouths. They're jawless fish, they're a very ancient fish and then they come back to the exact same place where they were born like the salmon so they've they've evolved to work with each other but unfortunately I haven't seen seen them in, in the last 30-40 years. I'd never heard
0: of the lamprey.
6: Yeah these are Atlantic lampreys and they ascended every river in Ireland and England and Europe Sometimes they would build these big dams across the river to direct water into the mills, and that there is a hindrance. But then if you're latched onto a side of a salmon, you don't care. The salmon's going to do all the work for you.
0: Ian, one thing I've noticed, you know, being around here, around Castle Derg and in general around Toronto the last few days, is that you know, hedgerows seem
6: to be left
0: pretty much intact well, know, they, they, and,
6: see, and as a result you get on like we're hearing well, yeah. now. See, a, a hedgerow is an environmental pathway for wildlife. Wildlife doesn't like any segmented areas because they stay in that area. They're scared of predation maybe from foxes and birds of prey. But if you have an environmental highway which they were talking about doing from uh, the northwest coast of Donegal right down to the west coast of Ireland. I don't know if that'll ever come to fruition. But it allowed the creatures to move up and down with relative safety and acclimatise themselves to global warming, you know? Tyrone Council seemed to be more enlightened then. They know the the, the importance of good habitat and wildlife. And they know the knock-on effect. Look at those people down there enjoying the fresh air and and probably listening to the birdsong. They're doing some kind of therapy. Even listening to the water calms your mind.
0: Ian, you... obviously retain a deep affection for Castle Derg.
6: I do, yeah I've grown up here albeit um, I had to leave for a career change but I would always try and encourage my grandson to come down here and I will bring him down here and we'll go fishing to the same spots that daddy took me, to the same spots that his daddy took him, to the same spots that my great-great-grandfather took him you know, every town should have this
0: Ian, you've opened my eyes to Castle Derg and the River Derg and the beauty of it. Thank you. That's
6: good. I hope you enjoyed yourselves.
0: is is really kind of a couple of streets one long main street and one or two off it Um, and I remember talking to a group of men here and they were remembering uh, when the main British army observation post was removed after the Good Friday Agreement Uh, one man said he rang some of his friends and said the Brits are gone, we have to celebrate and he said they went in with a few cans and down into the bunker and celebrate it all part of history People here have endured and suffered so much There's a determined stoicism here and an ability to get on with things Communities know how to pull together to make things work and to make them work well You sense this strongly in the town of Carrick Moor in West Tyrone between Oma, Cookstown and Dungannon this big rock and poor ground is where many of the dispossessed Catholics were driven during the plantations, and the spirit of endurance and determined enterprise is strong here. Hello, you. The local Patrician Hall was one of the great music and dance centres of Ireland in the 1960s and 70s, and just about everyone played here. Ah, oh, this lovely, colourful montage of, of the past in the Patrician Hall and Carrick Moore, and some of the people who've been here over the years Big Tom, Seamus Heaney, Stephen Ray, Dolores Kane, Roy Orbison, Liam Neeson, Sandy Shaw, the Clancys, and Tommy Makeham, Smoke and Joe, who's new to me, Philomena Begley, Local Enough, the Dubliners, Phil Coulter, Shane McGowan, and Joe Dolan. And this hall remains at the very centre of the Carrickmore community. Inside, I meet former Tyrone county footballer Ailish Gormley, a woman utterly dedicated to her place and community. Ailish Gormley, we're here in the Patrician Hall in Carrickmore, famous spot. Lots of people have been here, a lot of life and a lot of activity and great memories. I wonder what Carrickmore and this community means to you.
8: Um, well it's the place we all uh, I suppose know and love from growing up here it's a, it's a rural farming community Affected like many places by the conflict here as well And still I suppose finding our way out of it We have a great sense of empowerment I would always think in this community A lot of people who don't wait for somebody to do something for them They go out and make things happen So we have a very strong football club um, Very strong hurling club Great handball club here Cycling, boxing running club as well as that then we have our our hall here the patrician and again it's a central hub for for music classes for drama for um, senior citizens activities for chair exercise mother and toddler groups and everybody here is giving their time for free to i suppose provide as great opportunities as we can for the people of our community from the toddler to the, the the centurions
0: and it's so lovely to see lots and lots of young people who were in the cafe earlier this afternoon and on the street, you know, the, the kids in the town. There's a, there's a real sense of youth about the place.
8: There is, sure. And uh, it's, I suppose for a lot of us here, I often think about the saying plant trees you'll never see. And, you know, I can think of all our forefathers and people who went before us who, who had the vision to build. A building like this, who invested heavily in our football club and our youth centre for the good of the future, the youth of the area.
0: Do you have uh, particular memories of occasions here, of dancing here, of music here, of, of nights of crack here?
8: Oh, absolutely. I, I think this hall is, for, for me as a child, I can remember many Easter Sundays in here that have been bands and music here. Um, Bingo was here. I used to come with my mum on Sunday nights as well. It was always, a, I suppose, a fundraiser for the parish and with many social occasions, Caeli's would have been here, social dances and that over the years so it's the difference between a house and a home, you know you can have a fine building and no heart in it but we have a building here that has heart and warmth and it doesn't happen without the community supporting it. Hello What's the crowd? Morning. and see if we've anybody to interview in here.
0: Hello. <laughs>
1: I lived in England for 58 years, and I moved back to Carrickmore last um, three. It'll be three years next December. After my husband died, my Your family, family pushed here. me into getting back to be with my sisters and.
0: Is it good to be back? It's great to be back.
1: Yeah, just a wonderful place to live.
8: I'm from Derry. I'm a blue one, and I'm in Carrickmore now, 43 years. I love it and lovely people and make you feel at home. It's a very tiny village.
0: Very tiny village at the centre of the universe.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Let us sing of days when we were young Our minds were free from care Our hearts were light and hopes were bright And nature's face seemed fair We sought the bars in youthful hours And did the sweets inhale Of the fragrant shade The woodbines made in Glencold's flowery vale Twas here the first Red rose, burst to welcome. Early June. My name is Niall Hanna and I am a traditional folk singer and songwriter from County Tyrone and I have composed a melody for an old poem written by a local poet in County Tyrone called Patrick Farrell. The piece is called Glen Cull's Flurry Vale and he wrote this poem about growing up in his local area in Glencull. Along with a love for music and sport, the poem also shows his appreciation for the nature in the local area. This poem resonates with me as I had a lot of the same experiences growing up in rural Tyrone, so I've composed a melody for this poem and I really hope that you like it. Glencull's Flowery Veil vale. Will the ocean track e'er give us back The youth sit wild away? Shall we ever see prosperity Enticing them to stay? Blow gentle breeze o'er the western seas and bring to fail Those exiles true To rush And Glencoe's flood.
0: Listening to the county measure, and we're in County
8: Tyrone. Hi, I'm Michelle's cousin James.
7: Why is he making that funny noise?
9: He's English, hola, that's the way they talk.
0: Derry has produced Derry Girls and an almost stock response of how can this humour emerge from such hardship?
9: He's Manta Kathy's way. I told
8: you about Manta Cathy. She went to England years ago to have an abortion, never came back. Never got the abortion either. Look at you, James, eh? Ha!
0: Many striking new voices are emerging in Tyrone comedy. In Oma, I meet comedy MC and poet Kat Brogan, as she prepares to present a comedy club evening in the town to raise funds for the Oma Pride Parade. Kat Brogan, tell me a bit about your county, Tyrone.
9: My county, Tyrone. Well, I'm from Oma, which is the county town of Tyrone. And um, the funny thing about growing up in a small rural town close to the border is you kind of always have a little bit of a fire under your butt to get out. And then whenever you get out, you kind of realise the, the resilience and the ingenuity and the sense of like community and family and kinship and just being like, just really, really helpful... Like superly overly helpful and then you go out into the world and you bring that with you and it doesn't always go down so well you know with the city people and, and then you start to realise all the beautiful things about growing up in this place and actually the gifts that that gives you because around these parts like if you want stuff done you really got to do it yourself and it's amazing like the volunteering that goes on. They're so generous. And then then when you go out into the world, it can be a little bit disappointing to realise Oh, people aren't that generous.
0: Kat, do you think there's such a thing as... Northern Irish humour. I mean, I suppose a lot of people now look to Derry Girls and think it's something remarkable. And, of course, you realise that has always been there. And it strikes me that in Tyrone, there's this long tradition of humour, quick wit. I think it's no accident that Flann O'Brien was originally from Tyrone. You know, that lovely kind of dry wit is there in so much.
9: I think that we banter. You know, I call it the banter tax. You know, you have to give them a bit of crack. And that's also something I find then going out into the world that, like, you know, they people don't really appreciate it all the time if you're constantly taking the piss. And then, you have to, like, learn to rein it in, you know? So, um, but I think that's, you know, a lot of that is just to do with um, coming from a place where you just have to, again, make your own crack. You have to come with your party piece, you have to have your story, and that's, like a lovely way to to share stories and to have that connection. Um,
0: is your poetry humorous?
9: Yeah, I definitely have humorous poetry, but I think it's what's really important in poetry is that contrast, that light and dark. And I think also when you're LGBT, and you're used to being, like, the outsider. You're used to there being so many, like, stereotypes or ideas about how your life's going to be and, and how it's going to work out. And you do get that a lot, like, when you're from Oma, especially, because Oma is used as a, you know, a shortcut um, for the troubles, especially by the media. And I have a poem about that called the Oma-ah, where people are like, where are you from, Oma-ah.
0: Well, I think, yeah, that point about OMA is really important, that for a lot of people, OMA is synonymous with, with the terrible bomb of 1998. And they don't, in a way, they don't seek to look beyond that. And I think maybe a lot of people in the Republic are guilty anyway of not seeking to look much beyond the history of the Troubles in Northern Ireland in general.
9: I was down in Dublin at a gay night, right, with, you know, drag queens and all that kind of stuff, doing a bit of talent scouting, see if I want to get in them up north. And I was just there. Everybody's hanging out outside. And then this guy kept coming up to me and being like, pipe bomb, pipe bomb. And I was just like, this is so weird. Like, I can't believe that it's 2023. I'm 38 years old. I'm at a queer event right beside the Lefe. And I've got these people saying this random stuff to me. Like, would you do that to anybody else? If you had somebody from, what, Bosnia or whatever? Like, I don't know, what would you say? Or... (laughs)
0: Yeah, it is. So it is it rather really extraordinary. It struck
9: me that that's like still going on because that's the kind of stuff that I got when I went to England in two thousand and three, and I would have like army ba- boys coming up to me and being like, "You don't know what it was like," and they start telling you all about all these bombs and stuff, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm eighteen. I came here to get away from this. Like, why are you trauma dumping?" Of course, I didn't have that language in 2003, but, you know.
0: <laughs> in a way you had. You know, so, mind, yeah.
9: but it was like, okay, you know, I did all these, someone called me a murderer in my first week at UNE. You know, it was like so weird. Like the the feelings that you get both from, the, from England and from the South, you know. So I don't know whatever it all is you guys have to deal with, but like... <laughs> Be nice if you could stop stepping to me with it.
0: <laughs> do you think? You're, do you think you're here for good now?
9: Yeah, I think I am here for good. Yeah, I think I'm here for good, and I think it's good I'm here. You know, like that's the thing. Because the problem is we all leave, you know. And I think that it's sure it's fine to have pull factors out of your rural town but there shouldn't be as many push factors. And that's the thing about Bodoma. it's so hard to, to be here. And I could see that from, like, the people who did move back during the pandemic, didn't stay. And we could have kept them. Because, like, in many ways, it's really, really nice to, like, live in a place where you don't have to modulate your accent, where people aren't asking where you're from and why you're from and saying, like, pipe bomb and stuff. And, you know, if you need to get your toe bar done, you can get your toe bar done. What guy knows your uncle... And it's beautiful. The nature's beautiful. And then, like, we just need, like, you know, government to exist.
0: To row in and <laughs> do, do the work. Just exist, you know? <laughs> just,
9: just have it.
0: Kat <laughs> Brogan, thanks so much.
9: You're very welcome. Thank you for coming. I'm glad you made the time to make a toma.
0: Clougher, five-mile town, six-mile cross and seven-mile round. Cookstown, straight and long, the drink is right, but the price is wrong. You get lovely snippets of place and memory here, playful rhymes to celebrate town or town land, sometimes an edge of rivalry or mockery at work, all part of the cultural landscape. In 3.7
3: kilometres, turn
0: right. And what lovely names there are. Plumbridge and Gurchin Glen, from Quinn and Fintuna, Galbally and Gilly Mahamason and Moygashel, Pomeroy and Tully Wigan. Pure poetry of place. Travel north in Tyrone and you enter the hinterland of the Sperrins, the mountains taking their names from the Irish Sperine little pinnacles. Spanning part of Tyrone and Derry, the Sperrins include Gallion. It's also an area of great beauty and unspoiled nature, And here in Dava Forest, we find the Om Dark Sky Park and Observatory. Hello. Waiting for us outside the observatory under a still dusky sky is the park's technical officer,
10: Barry Lynn. Barry, Vincent. Yeah, it's lovely to meet you. It was great to meet you. How are you? What a beautiful place. Oh, it is. It really is. You know, um, and, and wait till the sky darkens. You know, although I'm afraid we haven't got the weather tonight. But you, sure, you can't have everything. No, <laughs> oh, you
0: can. You can imagine. You know, it's yeah. no. There's such a sense of. Of a almost a very special and almost sacred landscape. Here oh,
10: absolutely! So, so the Spaniards are rich in in, uh, in Bronze Age monuments. Yeah. Uh, so perhaps you've passed the Beckmore stone circles on the way up here. Did yeah? Um, so yeah, going back to kind of late Neolithic, early Bronze Age. Um, so you have seven stone circles in there, uh, ten stone rows, some of which are aligned with the summer solstice. Uh, the sunrise on the summer solstice and uh, and, and then a number of cairns um, so, uh, and then there's, there's even structures beneath that uh, that go even further back so you're talking 4000 BC or prior wow. so people have been in this area creating monuments to do at the sky for, for millennia you know, and so we kind of see ourselves coming in that lineage. Uh, these, these midges are everywhere. But do you know what, it <laughs> seems funny to say I'm glad of midges, but I am. Because, you, you know, you see fewer and
0: fewer insects, including midges, anywhere. That's true, that's true. So it's a sign of a healthy environment. It really is. You know? So I'm quite happy to put up with them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're very tolerant. Nonetheless, the midges get the better of us. And Barry takes us inside the observatory to show us some of the remarkable images taken by the telescopes right here
10: in the observatory. This is the observatory within our, our, the facility here. And uh, so we've come up some stairs, you can see we've the, a pillar in the centre of the room and mounted on that is uh, our 14-inch Schmidt-Cassegrain telescope. And so it has a very high-end astrophotography camera attached to its focal point and very
0: big very impressive and it looks really powerful it
10: is extremely powerful and it's, it's a joy to use to be honest so it's robotically controlled it's able to slew up the targets uh, and track them through the night sky and this allows us then to to take photographs for hours on the end of the same target and that allows us to um to build up the best quality picture we can, we can achieve. Then um, it shows all of the kind of the fine wispy detail and all the interesting kind of aspects of these of these celestial objects. Using this, then, you know, what what are you photographing? Well, everything that floats past us in the night sky, or indeed in the day sky. So we look at uh, other galaxies, um, at nebula, these huge clouds of gas and dust in, in space that glow. With these uh, greens and reds, star clusters, supernova remnants, everything that kind of drifts by overhead, and then with the absence of the light pollution that we have here, largely down to the topography of the area, where we're in a little bowl within the Sperrins, and yeah, we, we get these fabulously dark skies where the Milky Way is, is is you know cutting through the 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 heavens and all of these little star clusters and distant galaxies.
0: Barry, you might show us a few images that you've
10: gathered over the years? Sure, so so uh, how, how astronomical imaging works is that you take um, many, many what we call frames of a particular object um, and so in real time we're able to stack them and create uh, a composite picture that contains a lot more detail than a single frame. So this is a, a globular cluster in the constellation Hercules, so um, this is a star cluster. A really ancient star cluster, maybe between ten to twelve billion years old. Um, gravity has kind of compacted it down into a kind of spherical globule. So um, it's like this. It's like this burst of light sure. on black on the screen. And they,
0: sure. they, they, these the burst in the middle was like an explosion, and then these these dots exploded
10: all around the. That darkness, it's it's really wonderful. And you'll note then that that most of the stars tend to have a kind of orangey-red hue to them. That's an indication of their age. So when we see blue stars, they tend to be quite young. This is a little fragment of a supernova remnant called the Veil Nebula. Um, So this is a star that detonated, we think, about maybe 20,000 years ago. Um, And so it's like cobwebs of its atmosphere kind of just, you know that have been spread across the night sky. And it's like um, a dancer on the screen. You know, yeah, Blue yeah, arms, ribbons. elongated
0: blue arms and, uh, and a kind of slightly pink torso and head and, uh, and, and so this we,
10: rave-like figure. It's astonishing. because so, we're looking
0: into eternity, aren't we?
10: It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, somewhat like, yeah, you are know, and huge, huge distances, you know. Unfathomable. Unfathomable. And this is all
0: that. from here. You're a lucky man, I think, to be... Doing what you love. <laughs> Absolutely. working here.
10: Absolutely, you no, know, it's, it's a real privilege. You know, it really is. Hello, hi, hi. Hello hi, there, welcome. hi. Uh, welcome,
4: welcome.
10: Is this where
0: the Istimuris Festival Timur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the croc?
6: What's the croc? What's <laughs> the croc? What's the croc? <laughs> What's the croc? Yeah.
0: Dungannon is one of the most culturally diverse towns in Northern Ireland. Close to the old market square at the foot of the hill of the O'Neill, we visit a colourful and lively outdoor event celebrating the culture, music and cuisine of the sizeable communities of East Timor living in Tyrone.
8: My name is Jacinta, so I'm doing the dressmaking. This one is uh, our traditional clothes. The pieces of the clothes, like I'm making the dress and the pieces I'm doing for the
0: hairband.
8: So like bracelets that
5: you put. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. So this one is uh, for champagne uh, dress. Yeah. This is Indonesian ladies. They're doing yes. this rendang. And this is what? Uh,
8: spicy
5: spicy Egg. eggs. eggs. Spicy
3: eggs yes, and yeah. rice. Yes, rice. Right. Right. This one, curry. Curry. Yes. Yeah. Well well here, this is spicy. Come on, Come on, two.
0: If you could bottle the spirit of Tyrone, you'd have a cure for most ills probably even a few ills yet to be discovered or invented. Deeply linked to Monaghan, Fermanagh, Derry, Donegal and Armagh, and to Antrim through the waters of Loch Nhaie, Tyrone is utterly its own place, proud, unbowed, determined. The people are warm and welcoming a touch of caution here and there, but that's well earned. It's also diverse and multicultural, Dungannon at the centre of changed and changing demographics, shifting social and cultural life. There's a beat and energy here. It almost feels like a microcosm for some possible future. The shaping of that future will find a core of strength, innovation and vision in this land of the O'Neills and Buchanans. This county of green fields, abundant nature, industry, and thundering roads. Omer's son Brian Friel wrote Making History. Tyrone today feels like history in the making.